She's April. And she's Molly. And we are <laughs> the book besties. John just wrote a female variation of himself. He's not going to come on if you make comments like that. <laughs> John really did the work, so a lot of us didn't have to. I am going to agree with you on that. John Green, can you believe this shit? I can win, but it's always going to be a part of me. But it's a bunch of bouncy balls. All going in different directions and hitting the walls. Are you listening to me? Get back on task. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I told you I was going to try throwing you off. You did. I was like, did she? I warned you. Did she say her part? I did. I was just being an ass about it. <laughs> You're so silly. Oh, what a week it has been. Eight. Oh, yeah. We're so, lucky I got this book done. Like, that's how busy I've been. So uh, for those of you who are listening, um, so Molly and I typically film on the weekends. Um, mm -hmm. Not always, but we typically do. Um, it's usually when the schedule's the most free for right, both of us. Right. <laughs> and I am currently reading two books at one time, which I don't have to do. Like, I can keep up with a book a week. enjoy it. There's nothing but, wrong with that. But I'm reading an audiobook and then a physical book. And so I am like several books ahead of Molly at this point. Like I actually <laughs> like I actually just finished a book that's not for pod because I was just like, I'm so far ahead. I would read another Emily Henry Henry book. Uh but uh so I finished this book, gosh, uh two weeks ago. July. It, yeah, it, the beginning of July. Like yeah. we are at yeah. the end of July. We are on the yeah. last day of July, and you finished it like July one. Yeah, and Molly was like, <laughs> "Maybe we don't film this weekend. I gotta finish it." <laughs> it was just well. Look, Matt was. It was Matt had a couple days off, and we had like mm -hmm. business stuff, like family business crap we had to deal yeah. with. The girls had their testing for public school. Oh, how'd that go? Um, they got numbers. I don't know what the numbers mean. Like, here, I'll read them to you because they make zero sense to me. Um, they didn't, like, tell you what the results were? Uh, the lady that does the testing, it doesn't, her job's not to interpret it. She doesn't even see what they see on the screen. The numbers go to their counselor and the counselor interprets it and then decides what class. I don't know. It's fucking weird. But when I asked my sister about it, who is also a teacher here, Jesse is, um, a teacher in one of the Carolinas and they use a similar system than we do. So she said it's a maps test, whatever the fuck that means. Um, uh, I know what that is. So um, for ELA, Piper was 239 and Liv was 234. In math, Piper was 237 and 224. Both were well above like grade mm -hmm. level, Jesse mm -hmm. said. Based off of what she knows from the scoring system, which yeah, it, 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 this can come off bragging, whatever. It's fucking not a surprise at all that my girls well, tested high. I mean, besides the fact that your girls are both gifted, brilliant, um, yeah, I'll, I'll been, use the word. They've been homeschooled for a few years when a lot of their peers have been doing weird hybrid virtual things, and I so. Know. Uh, I mean, right now we were very lucky that I had we had the capability. This well, is this is purely from privilege that I was able to homeschool our children. Well, 
okay, sure, but we have developed a standard. And so now we're saying that all these kids are behind. And really what we need to do is reevaluate the standard. Right. Because all of the kids are in the same boat. Well, and every kid learns different. Mm -hmm. Standardized testing should have been thrown in the garbage years ago when we started learning about all these, like when we started Mm -hmm. highlighting and showing that children have learning disabilities. Children learn different. Mm -hmm. As soon as like we started focusing on that and making that important and taking care of these kids, we should have been like, oh, look, the way we're testing them and putting them in grades isn't working either. Right. It's right. But it is what it is. I anyway. Well, uh, I mean, I wasn't mad that you were behind on this book. This book is a hard one for me. So, but hey, can I tell you about my friend at the library? You made a friend? Well, I'm so I'm, happy you don't make friends. Well, Miss April makes friends with children, so it doesn't oh, really count. okay. It's a child. <laughs> Autocorrect. April so, made a, uh, 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 Miss April made a friend. Right. Miss so April made a friend. There's this little girl who's uh, very chatty, and uh, she's a little chatty Kathy. And she... I was called that my whole childhood. She decided that she wanted to chat with me. And so she's like, can I pull a chair up here? And so she just pulled a chair up to my desk, uh, like the children's desk, and just started talking to me. And she spilled all her family's tea. Like, do not share secrets with her. I was like, oh, girl. My premises with any six-year-old, if... They aren't sharing tea with you. You're a Disney villain to them. Yeah. She's right? seven. And like, I know way too much about her life. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, I kind of love that though. I love it. That's a lot of tea you spilled, girl. So anyway, but it was fun. I've missed like these opportunities from being in the public library. Um, and I'm really happy that I'm back. Other people's j- kids bring me joy just because one, they're happy to see a stranger. Two, they go back home. <laughs> Fair point. All right. So today we're talking about this book, Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. You have a hard, you have a hardback edition? I do. I got it at um, uh, Half Price Books when we were still in Texas. Mm. So, so somebody like spilled stuff on it. But So as we have said many times on this pod, John Green every season till he comes on. John Green every season till he comes on. Uh, so I guess in season four, we're either going to have to choose between Paper Towns or... Um, an abundance of Catherine. Let's read abundance of Catherine's paper towns. Isn't my favorite. Anyway, um, he'll have a new book by then. No, I don't think he will. Damn. He just put out a book in 2021. What book is that? Um, the Anthropocene reviewed. What the heck does that even mean? It's his podcast, the Anthropocene reviewed, which it's a book about his podcast. It's yes, sort of. Uh, so the Anthropocene (laughs) reviewed is him. Rating random things on a five star scale, like he okay, rates hot dogs. I, I, like, I'm gonna have to read this book and now because so I know that. The, the obviously podcast, Dr Pepper is the primer. Everything I it, think he does rate, rate Dr Pepper. <laughs> I, he's obsessed but with it. There's like a lot of history and there's a lot of science in it, and it's just like John Green's brain and whatever he decides to like rate. And the podcast is really good. And um, you know, after you listen to our podcast, click on over to John Green's Anthropocene Reviewed. Um, Maybe leave in the comments jo- hashtag John Green every season till he's on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then link book besties yeah. of course everybody needs to like tag share our posts for this and tag john green yeah dm John's him hashtag, like i mean that's gonna be our graphics john green every season until he's on mm-hmm. um 
And uh, anyway, so he decided to turn the Anthropocene Reviewed into a book. Gotcha. And he includes things like the things that are in the pod, but then he has a couple others that are not. Um, so that one's nonfiction, and we kind of steered away from that because we one time did nonfiction, and I felt really uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but and this would this be isn't like his, about his life though. This is just him talking about things. It's about his life though. Oh shit. Um. So anyway. Oh, so anyway. All the way down. Turtles all the way down. Um, I want to talk about this book. This, I need to this talk is my favorite John Green book. Um, and so, how about a synopsis? I'd love a synopsis. 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 Asa Holmes and her best friend Daisy set out to solve the mysterious disappearance of billionaire Davis Pickett Sr. Daisy wants to solve the mystery to get the cash reward because she believes money will fix many issues with her life, including her terrible job at Chuck E. Cheese and the fact that she is arguably poor. Asa's involvement is far more complicated. She's known Pickett's son, Davis, for many years since meeting him at quote-unquote sad camp, which is the camp for kids who have lost parents, after they both lost one of their parents. Asa may have a crush on Davis, which continues to develop throughout the novel, and Asa has growing concerns for Davis's little brother, Noah, who is slowly slipping into a concerning depression at the absence of his father. But this book is really about thought spirals that make up Asa's brain as a person living with a mental illness. Asa has OCD, and isn't sure if she's even a real person. Her OCD manifests in many ways, including hurting herself, fearing death, because there's no magical happy ending cure for Aza. Oh, sorry. I skipped a line. That's okay. I believe. Uh, hurting herself, fearing death, and fearing the microbes that make up her body. This book is a different look at mental illness because there is no magical happy ending cure for Aza. She is and will remain a person with a mental illness. But the book does reach a conclusion on the mysterious disappearance of the billionaire. I feel like if I say more, we won't have anything to talk about. So Um, so I'm just going to stop there um, so we can talk about it. But uh, so my first question for you is this. This is the first time that you have read this book. Yes. So how would how does it compare for you to the other two John Green books we've covered on this pod, which for those of you who don't know, we've covered Looking for Alaska in our first season as part of Banned Books Month. And we covered um, The Fault in Our Stars in season two. And Nurse Katie came on and talked to us about um, cancer treatments. And so now Turtles All the Way Down. I see why this is a fan favorite. I see this is why everybody loves this book so much. Mm-hmm. He really is speaking to a group of people that are living on the struggle bus, right? Mm-hmm. There is so many people. He is, I mean, I text you. I had a realization reading mm-hmm. this book. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the mental health stuff when we get there. But this book really speaks to people. Mm-hmm. And um, as a writer, I was struggling with the storyline. Mm-hmm. Because we are bouncing to and from Aza's thought bubble and mm-hmm. we leave the storyline to go into Aza's mind. Yeah. Which is frustrating for a person with ADHD because mm-hmm. I need a conscious stream of thought. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't have a conscious stream of thought. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, so I struggled with the book a bit because it doesn't have it. But yeah. I understand where he was going with it and how the book leads to where it is. Right. The ending for me saved the book because I was struggling with the book so much, 
but mm. the way he ended this book was so perfect. It's beautiful. It, yeah. it, it, it's spectacular and it really saves the book and, and it, and it's honest and it's hard to read. It's a hard read. Yeah. If you struggle with mental illness at all, mental yeah. health at all, ADHD, uh, anxiety, OCD, um, schizophrenia, I mean, any of them, like right. this book will speak to you in a way you didn't realize. It, it, it really shows that you're not alone. Right. Yeah. It, and your experience is not unique. Right. While you are struggling and it is your unique struggle, hundreds upon thousands upon millions of people are doing what you're doing. Yeah. And you're not alone. And that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So we've talked about this before that I have an anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so my anxiety disorder can sometimes manifest as OCD in like um, small little ways. So yeah. like, I need things to be angled a certain way and okay. stacked a certain way. And um, I can't eat things in odd numbers. Like if I'm going to have M&Ms and there are five M&Ms, I just give one to Tom. Actually, that's not true. If there are five, I can do things in fives. I prefer even numbers, except I prefer over even numbers, things that can be divisible by five. I have little habits like that too. Um, it's, um, but yeah, I get but, your point. But for me, reading this book, and, like, I totally see your point. Like, it's not really a linear story. I mean, it happens yeah. on a linear timeline. Like, it starts with this day and it ends with this day and it doesn't flash back right. uh, too often. It does a little bit. But the story isn't linear because that's not how Aza thinks. No. Aza thinks like this. She thinks in a spiral, right. in a thought spiral. And when I read this book for the first time, um, which I read it when it first came out in 2017, mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I understood my anxiety disorder more reading this book and I was a Sounds grown like adult the therapy for us. Right. Like right. John really did the work. Right. So a lot of us didn't have to. Right. And I mean, I was in my mid thirties and I was reading this going, Oh, okay. Okay. Like Aza starts the book by talking about how she's eating a peanut butter and honey sandwich and how sometimes she doesn't finish food because she starts thinking about like, digesting food and like then that really upsets her stomach i do that too Excuse me. like well, i i will stop eating and be like i'm not full but i don't want to eat this anymore right and a lot of times it has to do with bread so um, i totally get that where she's coming I, from I, in that scene i don't have that issue i don't think about like the body structure mm-hmm. what happens for me and this actually happens to piper too we've she has a lot of my adhd things and mm-hmm. i'm seeing it develop fast with her um, I have comfort foods. There are certain things that are easier for me to eat than others. Mm-hmm. Either it be a texture, process, it doesn't matter. There are different reasons. I, I, I had a beef with it when I was seven. It doesn't matter. But my comfort foods will stop being my comfort foods. Mm-hmm. Mid-eating this food. Say it's recently, it was, um, I like to make this dish with noodles and kimchi and I fry them together. The noodles changed texture on me and it made me, the texture was so bad. I went and got physically sick over it. Like, and come to find out the company that was making the noodles. They changed the recipe. It got bought out by another brand. I see. Yeah. And like, I, I was crying and Matt's like, what is your problem? And I'm like, 
I'm a grown up with food issues. (laughs) It feels so ridiculous to say these things, right? No, but I mean, that's, that's how my brain works. Right. Like yesterday we went to dinner as a family to the Outback. And what I really wanted was a French onion soup and a baked potato. I don't like their French onion soup. Oh, I love it. It's so good. And a baked potato. But I didn't really want anything else. And you can order the French onion soup, but you can't really, like, there's nothing on the menu that says you could just, like, order a potato. And so Tom was like, just order that because that's what you want. Right. So he was like, when the waitress came by, he just ordered it for me. And I felt so anxious because she was like, that's all you want. I was like, I'll just have chicken strips and those can be my sides. And Tom's like, why did you do that? Like you didn't have to order the extra right, you food. You just, you one, you charged yourself extra money. I know, but and I. You were, and you were catering to their eat needs, not yours. And then I told Tom a story about how when I was in high school, I went to the Outback before homecoming my sophomore uh-huh. year. And we went with another couple And the girl ordered French onion soup and I really wanted this pasta dish they had. But like, I was absolutely convinced that if I ordered the pasta dish and not French onion soup, everybody would look at me weird because that's what the woman orders at the Outback. Oh, that's my anxiety. Like it doesn't like the thought process doesn't make sense. My face isn't judging. It's processing and frustration for you. Like I am, that is frustrating. Right. It's like, um, you know how you talk about the brain spiral? Thoughts with ADHD, yeah. it's um, it's like this, it's bouncing back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. I'm holding up, but it's multiple. It's like when you throw bouncy balls, mm-hmm. like down a hall, but it's a bunch of bouncy balls mm-hmm. all going in different directions and hitting the yeah. balls and making all these echoing sounds, and you're completely overwhelmed by it. Yeah, but you're the one that created that overwhelmedness. Yeah, yeah. and. And you don't know why. And I feel so it tired. It feels like your brain's the- broken. Yeah. Oh, and I've been texting you a lot that lately. Yeah. My brain is My broken. brain is broken. I feel very tired a lot of the time when Same. I haven't done anything. And it's mostly because I overthink. You're exhausted by your Literally, own health. I overthink everything. So for me, this Poor story, Asa. and this actually leads into my next question. Like, is this a story about mental illness or is it a story about mystery or is it a first love story? Is it a story about friendship? What do you classify this story as? This is Ace's story. These are the other things mm, that happen. I really like that answer, Molly. This is really Ace's like story. The, 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 the death of her friend's dad is a part of her life. Mm-hmm. The, 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 her dad dying is just something that happened in her life. Mm-hmm. Her her best friend being a shit best friend at times is something that happens to her. Her falling in love but not being able to control it. These are all Aza's storylines that feed into who she is and what she's struggling with. It, are we going to talk about the car accident? Um, I don't know. I wrote these questions a few weeks ago. <laughs> Just go ahead. The perfect example of this is the car accident's a great example of this, actually. Uh huh. Aza is driving. Driving. She likes to drive. It gives her a sense of control. It is a thing that she handles. She loves the car because it was her dad's car. Right. She keeps the car as is because it was her dad's car. It's got her dad's phone. It has all the things. Right. The reason she drives is because she can have control. In this moment. In this, when she has this accident, everything falls apart. Yeah. She's fighting with her best friend. Right. She gets in a car accident. She's seriously injured. 
She's being touched by strangers. She's broken her dad's phone. I've lost my point. But what I'm getting at is all of these things Mm -hmm. are different point plot points in lines in this book. Right. But they all directly lead to Aza. Right. It is Aza's story. It is Aza's point of view. It is Aza's pain we're feeling. Right. I I mean, the the mysterious death of a millionaire who leaves his billions to a lizard is weird and <sighs> stupid. It not the story. I mean the fact but, that he would do that. That's stupid. I, I mean, but a lawyer can undo that. Like I would hope. De- dedicate him insane. He went and hid in tubes instead of getting on his own private plane. Fucking man lost his mind. I think he probably fell. Well, they say he died of exposure. This so is spo- spoilery, but yeah. I, I feel like maybe he fell. I, I don't know. Still, I mean, I like, like the idea. man is a multi-millionaire, has his own private plane. He, and he has his own private plane. He owns this whole thing. And he thought out of all the best ideas in the fucking world, he went to go hide in pipes. Like yeah, the man's to, obviously not fully there. He had to hide somewhere. And he, but I mean, they, they he could have went to a non-extradition I freaking think that was country probably, instead of hiding in a pipe away I think from that his was kid. probably the plan. He just didn't make it there. But back to my point. Yeah. I like your idea that this is Aza book. All, all of her stories. Well, well, technically, it's John's book. This is John just wrote a female variation of himself. I am certain of that. Mm. This Facts. is a John book. Facts. This is. I'll share a video in the link below of where he interviews. Uh, we'll talk more about the movie later, but there is a movie. It has wrapped filming. Um, I'm not sure when it is due to come out, but he he's going to be in it. Didn't he say that? In yeah, one of he his, makes like, cameos in all of his movies. His his cameo from um, The Fault in Our Stars actually got cut. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't see him in Fault. It got cut. Oh, um, <laughs> is it in the special features at least? Of the it, is. it is. It okay. is. Do you remember the part of The Fault in Our Stars where the little girl comes up to Hazel at the airport and asks about her um, cannula? Mm-hmm. That's He plays the father of the oh. little girl. But they Okay, the I remember scene. that in the deleted scenes now. Okay, thank you. Um, anyway, so he interviews the person who plays Aza for Vlogbrothers mm-hmm. uh, Normal Tuesday. Hey, Hank, it's Tuesday. Um, and so he... Uh, she asks him, did you have an idea in your head of like what Aza looked like when you were writing this? And he's like, no, not really. But for me now, um, you are Aza. Like that's the picture that I have in my head. And she was like, you were just like picturing yourself with like a wig on. And he was like, that is way too close to the truth. <laughs> so so he, oh, has, John. he has said that he gave Aza. So for those of you that don't know, backtrack a little bit. John Green has OCD. He's, yeah, he's very, very honest open about it. and honest about his mental health. Um, he talks about a great deal what the difference is between when he is really unwell and how it looks just every day living with a type of anxiety disorder, OCD being that type of anxiety disorder. Um, and uh, this book, when he wrote it, he gave Aza different triggers than he had so he could separate himself enough from it. But I mean, Hank has Imagine actually- the spiral and the struggle he would go through if he wrote the same triggers in. I know. I mean, he would never finish the book. No. We wouldn't have this book. And he actually wrote this book over a long period of time. It did take him a really long time to write this one. Can you Um, blame him? Right. Well, I think part of it was, it was a follow-up to The Fault in Our Stars, which was just such an 
insurmountable smash hit. Yeah. And he went from being like a niche, like author that a lot of emo teens like really gravitated towards to the the fault in our stars really made him an international sensation on a much larger scale and so he was no longer just part of the vlog brothers and he was no longer this guy that wrote this like angsty looking for alaska he was a guy who wrote this amazing like heartfelt story and so following that up took a lot of time anyway to get to Turtles All the Way Down. But I think also writing about a mental illness in which you have would also take a while. But Hank actually said that after he read Turtles All the Way Down, that he understood his brother more. That this was how he really I mean, could understand I get that. his mental illness. I, I get that. I mean, Hank is, I mean, it helped me understand you more. Yeah. If, and you, if you put it in like Hank, John you me situation mm-hmm. my adhd functions way different yeah and i can sit and say i'm compassionate and understand what you're going through and be supportive mm-hmm. but i don't live in your body well and and, and just to get a window into your life yeah this way yeah would change the way i could see you you know and just to be clear like i don't have issues like Aza does like I don't I'm not gonna drink hand sanitizer like I don't have issues like that that. poor girl um but like my 80 nope you're the one that has my ADHD Um, my I mean um, if you want it you can have it it's not so great though (laughs) my anxiety disorder is just always a part of me and recently we talked about how I had to take steroids uh for my hip issue that was not my hip was like the hip muscular tissue around my hip it's fucking in the same area of your body as a fucking hip I don't care what the doctor said um like uh, steroids can actually affect your mood. And so I was really struggling and I was reading this and the book we're going to cover next week at the same time, which are both really heartbreaking stories. So my anxiety disorder, when I am unwell, um, to, as John Green talks about when he is unwell, when my anxiety disorder, when I am unwell, I will have depressive ex- episodes, but I don't have them very often, and I actually haven't had one for probably 10 years, maybe longer than that. So it was really just this medicine was just really fucking with my head. I'm happy to say that those thoughts are gone. (laughs) We love you, John. I'm back to being on. (laughs) We'll be more than happy to have you on, but we're never covering this book again. (laughs) This one goes Um, bye-bye. All right. So anyway. Enough about that. Let's move on. Um, is Day? I know you've said Daisy was not a good friend, but I want to talk about this. So, is Daisy a good friend to Aza? Is Aza a good friend to Daisy? I relate to Daisy. Okay, so um, I want to talk about Daisy, and then I'll talk about their friendship. Okay. At the age those two girls are at, and I text you this. Um, mm-hmm. I was Daisy. Mm-hmm. I was self-centered. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about myself and my needs. I loved my friends mm-hmm. and I was ride or die, but I wouldn't always put them first. And that is yeah. the fault of being young. And, right. and as someone that wasn't dealing with the struggles mm-hmm. Aza was dealing with, Daisy had no idea. So yeah, Daisy was kind of a dick about it. Yeah. She was being a bad friend, but she's, a kid, right? right? We have to remember their mental health, their their mental capacity as in maturity level mm-hmm. at that age. While we're they're playing adults because they have fifty fucking k just sitting in a bank account, right. they are not adults, right? Um, 
I think there were times they were both bad friends, and I think there were times where they were both good friends. Mm-hmm. Aza, yes, is self-centered a lot because she is in her own world. I think if Aza had better control over her, not control, I don't want to call it control. Um, I think that's a good word choice. If she had better control over her spiraling and her thoughts mm-hmm. and her was on her meds, I think she would have been a better friend to Daisy. That's key right there. She was not on her meds. She was not on her meds, and she thought the meds were trying to hurt her. That is a constant mm-hmm. thing when it comes to mental illness. Mm-hmm. But Daisy did not have to write the way she did about Aza. So I'm going to take a counter view to this because... Oh, really? I, yeah, I am. Because, um, yeah, I the Ayala story... So Daisy writes fanfic, Star Wars fanfic. Star Wars she, fanfic with Ray, Right. And she, and Chewbacca, which that's fucking yeah, hilarious. That's a whole nother conversation, which I have feelings about. Well, I had to ask, side note, I had to ask Tom if he considered it bestiality, because that's like a question in this. Is that bestiality? And, and then I shouldn't have asked. Like, it just was the longest conversation ever. Um, so anyway, Ayala is very clearly Aza, but... Daisy knows that Aza's not reading her fanfic, despite the fact she's asked many times. Right. And, like, here's the thing. So, in my world, I have four people that I love that are my friends that I love. And, of course, you're one of them. And of the four friends, you're on the pod with me. Two of them listen pretty regularly. And my oldest friend... She has listened to exactly one episode. I mean. Does it hurt my feelings that she doesn't listen? No. She's got her whole life. Podcasts aren't really her thing. I totally get it. She doesn't read at the level that we read. She doesn't read very often at all. Um, And so, like, it doesn't bother me that she doesn't listen to our pod. Daisy is really bothered by the fact that Aza doesn't read her fanfic. But Aza doesn't really like Star Wars. So, like, it should be okay. But then she writes the story about Ayala who mm-hmm. is essentially Aza and she's a total fuck up. She destroys like she, missions. She, she right. causes Shitty friends. She's yeah. causing trouble. And Daisy refers to her as her best friend and her greatest burden. And here's why my defense for, for Daisy. I have been really unwell. And I know at those moments when I am really unwell, I am your best friend and greatest burden. Maybe you will never admit that, but well, I don't know that we've ever, I don't know. We've been friends when I've been really unwell, other than this little stint with the steroids. As the kid that has always been called the burden, I get this on, I've always been considered the problem. Yeah. Well, I think that Daisy isn't a bad friend to Aza. I think she loves Aza the best she can for being a kid whose best friend has a mental illness. We said this last week. You're supposed to love people. Where they're at, where they're at, where you expect them to be, right? And she never disowns Aza. She never no, says, never. "Aza, you're too much for me." She never says, "You are my greatest burden, and so I cannot be your friend." And I feel like the fact that she sticks with Aza, even when Aza is really unwell, and it's hard for Daisy. I think that she's actually a really good friend. I also want to say that Aza is not a bad friend either. At some point, Aza needs to turn shit around. She listens she to everything. She realize like she listens to everything on. Daisy says. Like when Daisy starts like spiraling and asking her these, you don't even know my parents' name. You don't know my brother and sister's name. Like she does know all those things because she has been listening. She just doesn't talk a lot. 
Aza is so unwell that she's not able to be a good friend to herself. And right. so she can't really be a good friend to others. But she's right. always there for Daisy. Always. She watches Star Wars even though she hates it. She takes Daisy to work even though she doesn't really want to have to she do that. She jumped into this weird ass bounty bullshit with her even right. though she didn't want to. And Davis gave the money to Aza. She did not have to share it with, da- with Daisy. Davis gave the money to Aza and she did not have to share it with Daisy. That was her money. Davis gave Aza the money because he didn't want to believe that she, he wanted to be able to believe that she was there for him and not for the bunny. She didn't even have to tell Daisy about the money. Didn't have to, but she loved Daisy. Yeah. She so I, Daisy. I think that they're actually really good friends to each other. The best they can be. The best they can be. They, I mean, they can only... You and I can sit here and sympathize with each other mm-hmm. about our mental illnesses. We can talk about our family life. And- right. And sympathize about how much our husbands piss us off. We're struggling with our parents, whatever the situation is. But unless we're in the other person's shoes, we're mm-hmm. never fully going to understand and be able to grasp it. And I think we do a better job of that because we're adults. Right. We're grownups. We're grownups. Right. So- and I mean, spoiler alert, they grow up and they're still. They're still friends. Right. <laughs> like- because they grew together. Because not they apart. grew together. Right. Exactly. They grew together. And that's like. That's fucking marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Grow together. Right. Right. All right. So we've talked about this before. Um, mm-hmm. When we talked about looking for Alaska, both of us kind of agreed that John Green did not do a great job writing a woman. He wrote, wrote a man's version of a woman. But Alaska mm-hmm. was like the ideal girl for a guy. Yeah. Um, but when we read um, The Fault in Our Stars... That was from a female perspective. And this book, Turtles All the Way Down, um, is also from a female perspective. So I wanted to know how you felt he did writing a teenage girl in this book. I honestly, this may upset you. I'm going to do this first. Damn you, Molly. (laughs) Um, This character could have been any gender. Oh, I kind of agree with that. This there were some things that I was kind of that were very girl about her, but this, no, I um, think I think that's true. We were we know Aza, but we don't know Aza. Mm-hmm. Like this, Aza could have been non-binary. Aza could have been gay. She could have been straight. Like we don't we get a sense of who she is because mm-hmm. we're in her head so much, mm-hmm. but we don't know Aza. Yeah. We don't we don't we don't really know her. If that right. makes sense. Um, I don't know that I agree with that. I feel like I know Aza pretty well. (laughs) I understand her thought process. I understand her mental illness. I understand who she is in her life. But we don't get big picture Aza ever. Mm -hmm. We don't, she doesn't, like, yeah, she's looking through the college pamphlets. But we don't know her favorite, like, thing in school. She doesn't really fawn over boys. She doesn't really, I don't know. So I'm not explaining this well, and I'm not defending my bell well. I'm just, it just feels like the way Aza was written, we could swap the gender and it would still be the same storyline. I am going to agree with you on that. I think that, I know, right? Um, But I'm not going to agree with all of it. I'm going to agree with the fact that she could be, 
either gender. Um, because I feel like what he did with this was he wrote himself and then was like, oh, but I, I got to throw in some like girl shit. Right. So the girl shit that he throws in are obsessed with boy bands. The whole break hearts, not promises, which fuck that. Um, and then uh, I honestly got a little uncomfortable when Davis would talk about her body. That was uh, weird, but the way that's he, how boys fucking talk, by the way. And I feel like that's probably true, but I think I was like a little like, um, because it felt private. Yeah, like I was intruding. Yeah, um, on a we talked like, about that before, though. How sex scenes can be so intimate that yeah, we feel like we're intruding in the moment. Well, and I think that's interesting that you brought that up because that's one of the things that we talk about talked about with Looking for Alaska. So in Looking for Alaska, there's the scene um, where he gets a blowjob and like they don't know how to do it. Um, right. And that's the reason that that book is banned, consistently banned because of this awkward blowjob blow scene. Um, and John Green has said on numerous occasions that like the more intimate scene in that book was the time that he is hugging and snuggling with Alaska. And Which she's that is, that's the scene that felt so intimate. It should have been in the So film. intimate. It's so intimate. It's such um, a moment between. Yeah. Um, and, that, and the fact that the, they're banning the book because of the blowjob which is the, so ridiculous when the real intimate when that when that seems like humorous when the real intimacy is like this completely like um virtuous like yes. they're just holding each other yeah. and it's intrusive when you're reading it that's mm -hmm. how i felt about when davis would talk about aza i would be like oh this is really uncomfortable but it's mostly because i just felt like i was intruding on their life like, but yeah but aza being a guy i don't think it would have made a difference I, I honestly, he could have used never used gender pronouns, and we still would have gotten the same book. Oh yeah, I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And 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 I and I'm it's not a bash. It's more of a it doesn't matter kind of situation. And I almost think that that sort of makes it better. Like well, it's, it's the kind of story you can put yourself kind of into. The point more, right? Yeah. It is. It makes everybody reading this book feel like they can be Aza. Yeah, if exactly. On the femininity hard, we're not going to be able to get our male readers to feel like they relate to Aza. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I agree, Molly. That was a really good point. Um, I know it's like I'm smart or something. <laughs> like I have a degree in writing. Listen, I know you're smart. <laughs> I'm not, though. I'm kind of a dumbass. You are not. Stop saying that about my friend. Your friend who's almost in her last year of her 30s. Okay, well, you're almost there, girl. <laughs> I'm done with my 30s, I've decided. I'm already in my 40s. I know, I got one I got one more year. I Listen, just, I'm already rolling on to 41. <laughs> we're already halfway through the year, so we're rounded on 41 here. All right. So let's talk about the mysteries. Nope, those are not the words. Let me try again. <laughs> words are hard today. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about the mysterious disappearance of Mr. Pickett. So this dude is clearly not I didn't a good catch guy. all this, by the way. I was struggling so hard with focusing on reality and Aza's thought bubble that I was struggling with the storyline of the picket missing. Mm, interesting. So basically he's on the run from the law because, and because he's a shady ass dude. Right. And um, he's run oh. several corporations that are shady and he basically abandons his two teenage sons. 
After their mother's died. Their mother's dead. She's been dead for, what is it, like, uh, yeah, like five or six years or something I don't think we're kids. Uh, Aza and um, what's yeah, they were like for seven or eight, eight, and they're like juniors. So that was book. ten years ago. Yeah, like about ten years ago. Um, and so oh, he abandons his teenage sons. He also decides to leave his entire fortune to a tuatera, which I'll link below. What the fuck that is? Fuck it's basically a, a dinosaur. It's a um, and does okay? Does this mystery? I feel like you've already answered this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Does this mystery pull you out of the story? I couldn't focus on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand it was the whole point of the plot line. It's the but reason- was it? No, but, like, it's the feeder. It's the reason Daisy and mm-hmm. Aza are at his house. Yeah. It's the reason she gets in a romantic relationship. Yeah. It's one of her triggers in yeah. why he starts having more. It, it, it's important, but it's not. Yeah. It's You're, important, but it's not. Do you remember when we read Beach Read and I said I didn't like the story of like his dad, her dad having an affair because I felt like there was another way you could have yeah. gotten her to the beach house? That's how I feel about this mystery. Yeah. I know what the point is. So because I've done research and I'll link some stuff below, John Green wrote the mystery because of this. This is actually in my version of this book. So I maybe can't link it below unless I can find a digital copy of it. But there, on the website. there's... um. A reader's guide in here where John Green gets interviewed in the back of Uh my book. And one of the questions is, like, why the mystery? And he said that he was always fascinated by the fact that – and and Aza's last name is Holmes, by the way, which – what Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. So he was always fascinated by the fact that Sherlock Holmes used his mental illness to be a good detective. But his – experience having ocd makes him terrible as a detective so he made asa a bad detective right because she is but i mean we could have changed that plot line it could have been anything like daisy here i got it i got it right now because i can do this thing boom um daisy could have been invited to a rich kid private party and it ended up being at this guy's house it could have had to do with the art that daisy's boyfriend made like it could have been like like they like that buy, they're the art beginning. collectors. Yeah. Like it didn't have to be. It didn't have to be this the mystery. I, I mean, I like that he's nodding to Sherlock Holmes and yeah. like the OG yeah. like yeah. mental illness book. Like right, right. Dig it, but like, I honestly, that is my maybe biggest. it would have cared more if I had met the character before he just vanished. That is my for this book. <gasps> you just. You have a bell for the book. I think the mystery is green. Can you believe this shit? I know, right? (laughs) I think the mystery is kind of pointless. It is 100% pointless. I feel like you can have her and Davis meet each other again and get back in their lives in a different way. Maybe Sad Kid Camp has reunions once a year, you know? There's something that, I mean, Davis doesn't have to be a rich motherfucker. He can just go to school with them. Like Sad Kid Camp, our generation's banana splits. I don't know what banana splits is. Like, Your elementary school didn't have banana splits? No, what's banana splits? Banana splits were for the kids. They got to get together once a week, have a small cup of ice cream with the counselor, and talk about their parents' divorce. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is some depressing shit, Molly. <laughs> I'm not even shitting you. It was called banana splits. That is the worst name for it. I'm gonna if I can find the 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 information about it i'll put it in the thing but this was a whole thing this can't be real this cannot Uh, i will have jesse 
Jesse, Jesse Davidson, my little sister, <laughs> if you are listening to them, back me up here. <laughs> this can't be real. This happened in Nichols Elementary in Nichols, New York. If you went to Nichols Elementary from anywhere in the late 80s to the mid 2000s, you fucking can contest to this. Well, until they lost the school counselor because budgets. And then the I just have a feeling that ran it and they lost the vice principal because of the budgets and then they only had a principal. But that was beside the point. I feel like the school counselor probably came up with that and that was like exclusive <laughs> to your school. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, it was a thing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, anyway, I don't think the mystery was necessary. I understand that it helped her spiral uh, more. But what her spiral was about was not the mystery. What her spiral was about was the fact that when she kissed Davis. It's a real thing. I found the link. Are you listening to me? Get back I'm on sorry. Pass. Start over. I'm sorry. I had to look it up. Go ahead. Start over. I do not think that the emphasis needed to be on the mystery. I think she could have. The issue she was having was when she kissed Davis, when she was alone with him, she had these feelings, but she kept having difficulty convincing herself that she wasn't going to get sick from him. So um, I think, I don't think you need the mystery. I don't think you need no. the mystery. What? And the interesting thing is that when the, we find this, the mystery is solved, um, mm -hmm. which is that Davis Pickett senior actually died of exposure down in um, these tunnels. tunnels. Um, he helped it, build? It's, it's not I even like a thing. It's basically like she calls Davis and says, here's what happened. Later, he and his brother, you know, make a tip, an anonymous tip, and then it's right. like over. They didn't have to do that. Like, Aza told them what happened, but the point was that she was hoping that they wouldn't tell the police because then it would then be seven years seven years before he was declared legally dead and they would both be adults at that point because the motherfucker left his entire fortune to a reptile i'm telling you right now there has to be a legal way out of that there has to be the lawyer said there wasn't well, he's a baby he's a bad lawyer um maybe he's part of the reason this homeboy was on the run <laughs> who knows um all right, so I'm skipping one of the questions because we basically okay. just answered it. So Aza's mental illness is basically the undercurrent for of this entire book. Do you find her no, thought spirals relatable? No, it's the relatable? main storyline. Okay, I wouldn't well, call it it's, the undercurrent. It's, it's, okay, fuck that. Okay, it's the, it's the main part. It's the main <laughs> point of this book. So do you find her thought spirals relatable? Um, were they difficult to read or did they feel real? They were very triggering. Um, I'm not going to talk about my personal story. No, that's but, okay. Um, but I did text you about something. Yeah. And um, it actually, I'm going to try not to cry. I did have a personal realization. That you uh, had some OCD issues. That I had some OCD issues as a kid. And I mean, I knew I had some as an adult that I've been struggling with off and on as an adult. But I didn't realize that that's what my childhood, some of these things I were doing in my childhood was mm -hmm. until... I read this book. Like, right. this book opened my eyes to my own personal behaviors. I felt like it did that for me, too. And I'm like, a person and, that knows and, I have an anxiety. Like, and I mean, I know now. Like, mm -hmm. I I just, it was, I, 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 I don't yeah. know what to say. And yeah. you know, that's, that's hard for me. Um, right. But what was the question? So I can. Did you find them relatable? Were they difficult to read? Did they feel real? Difficult to read. 
This is 100% realistic. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to read. Um, I feel like, I mean, it distracts from the story, but that's the point. Mm-hmm. It's 100% the point. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be as confused as Aza. You're supposed to feel her panic. You're supposed to feel yeah. what it's like to live in her skin. Right. And John Green does that with this. Yeah. The one, uh, she's thought spiraling the whole book, um, book. what she calls invasive thoughts, the thoughts that are very like triggering for her and her therapist. I love her therapist. She's like, that's not uncommon. That's not uncommon. Like she wants to normalize how she needs her to feel Um, she's not alone. And you're not alone. Right. And I like that. She tells Aza thoughts are not action. So if you just think these things, but you don't act on them, then we're still okay. Until Um, the damn hand sanitizer. Oh my God. So that's the one that like. That was rough for me. I read that and I was like, fuck this girl. She's lost her grip. Like she's hurting herself. You can die from drinking hand sanitizer. 100%. She does this thing where she like um, has dug into one of her fingers and so she constantly changes the band-aid and she has a lot of thought spirals about that because she's afraid and as soon as it heals she digs it back open again right so she she has an unreal unrealistic thought process which is very that's what anxiety disorders are right i actually side note i had a fight with tom once in which he was being completely fucking rational and he was like saying all he the was rational things rational and and he was being completely logical and i was like i cannot argue with you if you're going to be logical <laughs> because my you're brain gonna be realistic i can't talk to you right my now my brain was not there i was not there um so aza's thought spirals continue right it's turtles all the fucking way down right oh, so like right. it doesn't matter how far she goes there's always gonna, be, always a gonna be another turtle there's right always gonna be always gonna be another turtle um but when she is at her most unhealthy, she cannot stop thinking that she is going to get an infection. An infection until she does the action that she feels right. like is going to stop the infection. Right. So she's what her what her fear is that she will get an infection that will lead to her having to take antibiotics, which will lead to her having C diff, and that she will die. Yes, I want to know where that came from. Yes, you can get C diff. You can get C diff from antibiotics. However, comma semicolon. However. That is not that common. People take antibiotics all the time and they don't get C. diff. I'm not saying that C. diff isn't common. It's just not common in people her age and it's not common from needing one dose of antibiotics. I I just, but she got her hyperfixation on C. diff. Whoever showed her that episode of Grey's or ER, whatever show Mm -hmm. showed her that really was the beginning of the end for her mental illness. I think she probably came across it with all of her research on how micro microbes work in the body. Yeah. Um, and John Green actually talks about in his interview here, how he thinks one of the things that, um, that started this of Aza's thought spirals is that you're, he read a book about basically your body isn't your own. We are hosts to a lot, a right. lot of different microbes. Um, and, so Aza's concern is that they are controlling her and then her thoughts are not her own. So is she even a real person? And all of that leads up to the point in which she drinks hand sanitizer, even though she knows it can hurt her because right. she is so nervous that she will catch Cita from the hospital, which is common. Like right. it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. Um, I mean, she, she was 
taking mouthfuls at the hospital. And right. And of course, shots. they think it's because of alcohol. They think that she's doing it because she's an alcoholic. And really, she's I mean, just doing it because she's trying to clean her. I mean, kids with so. anxiety do turn to substance abuse to right. mute right. that. I mean, right. that is very common. Her struggle with not wanting to take the medication makes a lot of sense to me, too. Um, I do not take medication now but i have in the past and i never had that issue um of feeling like i don't want to take this because i don't want to be myself but that's a lot of people that have mental illness that's why they stop taking their meds if it changes who i am then i might really myself anymore and so aza wouldn't take her medicine so she just kept getting sicker like she didn't do anything to make herself better i am i started taking my meds in eighth grade yeah but it wasn't was it because, Ritalin, ADHD yeah. meds. Um, yeah, but it wasn't because of that reason. I mm-hmm. was um, having depressive episodes, which is common with Ritalin. It is very common, and um, the adults in my life weren't really hearing me because they had their own things going on at the mm-hmm. moment. And I would tell the school nurse, and the school nurse would tell me that's not her problem. Even though if I told her and she told my mom, I knew it would make more of a difference. But because yeah. of where my parents were in their life, they weren't really focusing on me because they were going through some really rough stuff at that moment. Yeah. Um, our life was in chaos. And I just did what I thought was best for myself at the time. Yeah. Um, could I'm I I'm really have... sorry that happened to you, Molly. Oh, me too. But looking back, I did what was best for myself. Yeah. It was the first time as a child I did like truly take care of myself mm-hmm. and I'm not proud of it because mm-hmm. I probably should have been more vocal with the grownups in my life, but well, you were a kid. Yeah. So yeah, I give my heart to it. So I, I wonder if I would have been more pushy about it, if I would still be medicated today and have a better control on life. But I don't know. Molly, I don't know. I know that you have ADHD, mm-hmm. but I would not say that you do not have control on life. Like, you don't see the day to day. No, but Molly, I have seen the day to day. Like we've known each other for a very long time. Uh-huh. And Sorry. like you, you have two kids who are thriving and who That's are facts. healthy. Um, you have an awesome marriage. Like you are doing amazing. <laughs> yeah. It- what what you have and you have to take into the fact that you also are somebody that deals with rheumatoid arthritis so like Facts. you have you have like you're sick That's a major and you still trigger right oh i know and i you're mean still i did thriving i know i i mean i didn't have my first meltdown about my illness until four years into it yeah but that was also because i was ignoring it and hoping it would go away that was beside the point moving on to the book let's right. go back to the book because we're it, focusing on me we need to stop aza's relationship with her mother is difficult for her i don't know how to ask a question here i just kind of want to talk about it i want to talk about I, how people treat you when they know you have a mental illness um oh you're a problem yeah my mom I mean, and i, I adults feel in my life sometimes treated me like it was a problem that had to be dealt with yeah. Or you should have better control of it. Or my favorite one was I had a doctor tell me once, just sit on your hands till the nerve, the ang- the jumpiness goes away. Gosh. Well, I've been told things like. I was like, eight when they told me to do that. Fuck that guy. I've been told woman, things yeah. like, 
Okay, well, woman. Um, <laughs> I've been told things like, um, well, just don't think that. I'm cured. Oh, my God. That's all I needed to hear. You know, also, um, have you tried yoga? That's always my favorite one for my RA is, you know, yoga is supposed to be really great for the joints. I yes, really, you know what I need for my autoimmune disease? Fucking yoga. I <laughs> um, really don't like it when in like the Christian community, they say things like, well, the Bible says not to worry. And I'm like, I don't worry. I have an anxiety disorder. If you told somebody who needed insulin that they should just pray about it and then they might not eat, need insulin but There's anymore. religions that do that. Like there are religions that don't use medicine. They I know just, that. I know that. But they let God do the things and that makes me nervous. I, I mean, do I think God can cure anything? Absolutely. I do that. I do believe that. But I also think that sometimes my anxiety disorder is like, it's a gift. Like, it's my superpower, Molly. Like, I am super fucking organized and know all the possible outcomes in every multiverse of my life. But that's exhausting. It's exhausting, but I You don't really... have to be that tired, I promise. Well... As a person, I can't talk because I'm just as tired all the time, but that is because I live in pure chaos in here. But what bothers me is when find, somebody finds out that I have an anxiety disorder and then they, and I'm not quiet about it. Like I'm pretty no. open about the fact We're that I have an anxiety about disorder. Illness. But what, I, what bothers me is when people say things like, um, well, that you're just anxious about that because you have an anxiety disorder. I'm like, no, no I'm anxious I'm about this because this is a normal human thing to be anxious right. about. Maybe because I have an anxiety disorder, I'm going to hyperfixate on it and, and I'm going to thought spiral. But like me asking you these questions is just because like, that's a normal human thing to want to Word. do. Um, and so that I don't like. Um, and I feel like Aza's mom doesn't really try to understand her mental illness. And that really bothers me. Like, I feel like, Aza's mom should have also been in some sort of therapy session. They both with needed therapy. Aza. They like, also they both needed therapy after the, her father died. And they uh, should have done family therapy after her yeah. father died. When Aza got diagnosed, they should have yeah. done family therapy. Like, but like Aza definitely needs therapy by herself. But her mom needed to also have some therapy sessions in which they were talking about it together because I mean, she didn't try to understand and she actually admits that that she didn't try to understand I, the girl's Aza's. previous therapist would do sessions with the parents and the kids. I thought that was pretty common when you're a kid and you see a therapist like I thought that um, was pretty common not here in Maryland Maryland law says really? 19 and, uh, 12 and older they don't have to disclose anything to the parents I mean in some ways that's good because I, no I'm all about it my children deserve can, privacy right they can yeah right. I believe everybody deserves a variation of privacy. Yeah. As long as we're not hurting ourselves or right. others. Right. Right. All right. So let's talk about Aza. That's my leave it alone face, by the way, for those <laughs> listening to us and not seeing us on YouTube. Leave it alone. That is my leave it alone face. <laughs> let's talk about Aza Davis. Um, they sort of have a relationship. Um, Aza struggles to be quote unquote man. normal in a relationship. She knows that she's, this is what she says, that she's crazy, but she can't stop being crazy. I don't like using that term, but I don't think she's crazy. in terms of first loves, how do you think this story compares as a first love story? I honestly have no context because I don't live in her mind. Mm -hmm. I, I, I 
don't know what would be air quote normal for mm-hmm. someone in a situation as a first love. Um, I can tell you my experience on my first love and what it's like from my mental illness. Um, mine was ADHD makes everything hyperspeed. Mm-hmm. So it was the exact opposite, right? I, I need the urgency. I need to feel like I'm loved all the time. I need to feel like you love me as much as I love you. It, it, it's intensity, right? Mm-hmm. For Aza, it was, I want you, but I don't want you. I need you, but I don't need you. It's a struggle of light and dark because she's trying to not just balance her own brain chemistry and her own thought bubbles, but also of trying to manage a relationship with a new person. Yeah. It, it, it's um it's hard every one it, of yeah sorry so I, I i i don't know you tell me uh, every one of john's with this well yeah but i don't know that i really did in my first relationship i mean i had my anxiety disorder then but i don't know that i really uh, every one of john's john green's it didn't books, affect uh, it yeah i don't think it did um every one of john green's books um i mean i'm sure it did molly because everything in my life is affected by that. But yeah, um, every one of his books has like a love story interest in it. Um, and Which I don't not need it, John. I don't know that this book needed it. They like, could have been just friends. Like the, the part of them kissing that her kind of like wondering if that, and it was interesting to hear that like the microbes that he was sharing with her through, you know, making out would forever change the chemistry of chemical makeup of her own microbe microbes but i don't know that it was a needed story like i feel like the more interesting story is just how aza is in her head and how she navigates friendships like that right um in relationship with her mom um and i almost feel like the character friendship it could have been a friendship yeah the character of davis reminds me so much of john green and the character of Aza reminds me so much of John Green that I feel like he just wrote the two of the two characters two about himself him. and like they're making out with each other. And it's just so really John's not- obsessed with John is what you're saying. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. He's not going to come on if you make comments like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm making comments like that. You're not. And that was a question, not an answer, a comment. Um- <laughs> John, you have to come on and tell us if you're obsessed with yourself, buddy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Molly. Um, but no, I love me. I'm obnoxious. But I do feel like the characters were like basically two sides of, of the same coin. They were both yeah. them. And, and so I don't think that the story was really necessary. It's just that all of his books have an element of a love story. Literally all of them do. All of them. All of them. All of them. Um, all right. So I, I legitimately have way too many favorite quotes from this book. Like, I mean, this is my tabs. Right. Hang on, you can't see it. Look at my tabs. I see. And uh, I have a lot of favorites. Uh, did you have any favorite quotes? No. The explanation of turtles was very mind-opening. Um, turtles all the fucking way down. All the way down. Uh, nothing's coming to mind right now. So... These are my two, like, probably, these are my two favorite. Your now is not your forever. And I really wish I had somebody as a kid to tell me that your now is not your forever. And also that that quote hangs in my office. Um, 
And then um, this quote, I would always be like this, always have this within me. There was no beating it. I would never slay the dragon because the dragon was also me. Myself and the disease were knotted together in life. And that was towards the very end. It was like that last bit where she was like reflecting. I love that this book doesn't end with her mental illness is solved. She's all better. Everything's healed. That's not how that works. Because that's not how mental illness works. Um, And that idea that that dragon is always going to be a part of me, it doesn't have to win, though. Right. I can win, but it's always going to be a part of me. Right. Um, I gave this book a five out of five on Goodreads. I will continue to give it a five out of five. Literally the only John Green book that I did not give a five out of five Oh, there were two, The Anthropocene Reviewed and Paper Towns. Um, uh, Paper Towns is like my least favorite of his fiction. Um, But this one, five out of five for me, hands down, my favorite of his books, because it is so, for me, relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's... Honestly, it gave me anxiety. This book gave me anxiety. And there are actually a lot of people that didn't like this book, Molly. It's not that I don't like it. It's... Mm -hmm. um, it feels personal. It's very personal. I, I, it I is feel like I'm reading a diary. Um, one, it's also triggering for me in a way. Well, yeah, for sure. Because it points, it pointed a lot of things out. One, I didn't know about myself, which kind of fucking sucks, uh, which I have to work through on my own. That's a me problem, not a you problem. But I'm glad I own it. I'm mm-hmm. glad I got this point of view because... While this isn't your exact experience, mm-hmm. and this isn't my daughter's experience, because I've talked about this before, I have one of my children are themselves struggle with anxiety. Yeah. Um, I feel like I get to know you guys better. Well, I, I like I, that. That makes I, me happy. I, 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 but it feels intrusive. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm reading your diary. Like, you're sharing things with me that... Uh, you didn't intend to share with me. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. reading, a, having a living journal, a live, you know, living journal when we used to just post everything online and nobody would read it. And oh then all gosh. of a sudden everybody could read it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It's like somebody's yep. reading your living journal. Yeah. And banana splits are real. I found the website and I can't wait to put it in the notes. <laughs> um. So just looking on Goodreads, Comparatively, this one doesn't have as many fantastic. Uh, Paper Towns is the lowest rated. Well, yeah. uh, nope, sorry. Will Grayson, Will Grayson is lowest rated. Rated. He actually wrote that one uh, with David Levy, Leventhal. Uh-huh. Thon, um, is that how you say his name? I don't know. Leventhal? But Levin, it's it ends in an N. Let me look know. at it. Anyway, Will Grayson, um, Will Grayson. He the lowest rated of his books. Um, is oh an abundance of Catherine's oh that's disappointing I really like that book um it's a, an abundance of Catherine's turtles all the way down then this one or sorry paper towns then this one um and then looking for Alaska and fault in our stars is the highest rated um but uh people really didn't like turtles all the way down and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that like they felt they were invading on someone's privacy right um and I think that like I think John Green actually, you know, he came out initially when the book came out and people were like, well, you have OCD. So this must be like your story. And he's like, no, 
this is Aza's story. And I think hundred percent Aza's story. And I think like he he struggled with the, how much people wanted to say that his story was Aza's story. But this could be Aza's story. This could be John Green's story. This could be my story. This could be your story. This could Mm -hmm. be Sally Downing down the streets story. This is, this is a, this isn't about what happens in the book. It's about what happens in Aza's mind. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and, That's uh, the hardest part about this is because you're living in Aza's mind the whole right. time. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I have anything else. If you're done, I'm done. You I done? Don't. I don't. It's We're starting my birthday week. Birthday week! Oh, my gosh. Yay, Molly's birthday week. We are. I, oh, shit. I forgot that it was a Leo. No, it's not that. I just forgot that it was almost August. I, I mean, yeah. this episode it comes out in August. Right, but, but we're filming. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So week. next week we are reading. Only Leos are the ones that make their whole birthday up. <laughs> next week we are reading this book. It ends with us by Colleen Hoover. Um, it is so social media famous right now. Oh, you know I mean, what? For the last two years it's been on the socials. Oh, uh, uh, yesterday when I was looking through instagram she posted there's a script for this so it's gonna be a movie um how it always is we are then after it ends with us we're going to read this book the night circus by aaron morgenstern which Um, she's worried i'm not gonna like i am i am worried i'm i'm listening to it now and remembering what i liked about it and then also feeling like it might not be the best book for the pod i don't know we'll see um and then we're gonna end the month with the book of lost names is that what it's called that sounds right i think that's what's called i don't actually have that one so i can't i don't either i think it's called the book of i'm pulling it up yeah the book of lost names by chris Kristen harmel and that's historical fiction so Yes, it is historical fiction. We have taken a big break from historical fiction. Molly, a big break. You did an entire month of it. April? <laughs> April? I'm going to read it. It's fine. <laughs> it's not fine because this is going to be your life for that episode. I can just feel it. We haven't even read it. Listen, we haven't even read it and I already know what's going to happen. Listen, it maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Um, she's waving her bullshit flag, everybody. Um, okay, so that's what we're gonna do for the rest of the month. And then in September, we have a special guest, Alexa, from Cozy Blanket Reads. Um, at Cozy Blanket Reads, she's on is she on Book Talk as well? She's on Book Talk. She's on Book Talk and Bookstagram, and we're gonna read this one with her, a good girl's guide to murder, which she recommended for us. Oh, she's a she's the way she made it sound. I need to skip all these books and go right to that book because the way she made it sound, it's so good. I started it today, Molly. I don't even. I don't even like mystery books, and I was like, I fucking love mystery books. All right, then. All right. Well, I think that's everything. Sorry for the heavy episode, guys. Sometimes it fucking happens. It happens. It happens. happens. Um, And next week's going to be heavy, too, because this book is this book. This motherfucking book is heavy. Save it for next week. Okay. That's what you always tell me. Save it for next week. All right. All right. We should head out. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 
Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.